Thank you, and good morning. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. And today on Ask BBB, as we approach the middle of November, this is the weekend of the annual Santa Claus Parade. So, Deb, I guess there's no denying that old man winter is just around the corner. But so Santa. On today's show, we're going to talk about used car safety. Bob Ward of the Auto Guys in St. Thomas will join us with tips and ideas on not only how to keep our cars safe, but to know just how long it might last. And another sure sign that the season is changing is the beginning of the Salvation Army Christmas Cattle Campaign and the Hamper Campaign. We have Shannon Wise of the Salvation Army and Nancy Kerr from the Center of Hope with us to talk about those campaigns and other activities that the Salvation Army is uh, involved with. Good morning. Good morning. morning. We have uh, Nancy and uh, Shannon. Shannon, the uh, cattle campaign is... uh, one of the things that everybody associates with Christmas and with the Salvation Army. How important is that? It's uh, vital to maintain our services not only over the Christmas season but all year round. Um, November 25th is the Kettle Campaign kickoff date at the London Knights game. Uh, so when you see um, our lovely volunteers standing there uh, greeting you and the, the big red shield, we encourage you if you have any spare change or anything you can give, it makes a big difference in somebody's Christmas. It really does. It's a warm meal. It's a toy for a kid. It makes them smile. Christmas morning, and and otherwise they wouldn't have some of those things that we can uh, help provide. How much altogether does that campaign raise for the Salvation Army here? Well, this year's goal is the same as last year, which is $500,000. And of course, as you know, we did raise a little bit over that goal last year. So that's, again, what we're aiming for this year. That's a lot of toonies and loonies. And I can personally witness that it's, uh, in some cases, up to a $50 bill. Um, Our Rotary Club helps uh, man some of those kettles or person some of those kettles. <laughs> Shannon, uh, just how involved is it? How many kettles are there out there? And, and what sort of organization does it take to make sure that they're all, they have somebody there? Well, throughout the Christmas season, there's hundreds of kettles out there. Um, thank you. We want to obviously take the time to thank um, all of our sponsors and everyone who helps us and allows us to be in their stores, uh, grocery stores, liquor stores, uh, um, malls, all of those uh, places. They're really supportive. So it really takes um, takes a lot for everyone to come together and, and make this happen. So we do really appreciate all the volunteers. Even if you just have two or three hours of your time, uh, you bring a family member to stand with you at the kettle, um, whatever you can do to help us, we greatly appreciate. And we definitely, definitely want to beat that record again this year. It becomes a great exercise uh, as you watch people. But one of the things we notice is that people don't always carry cash or have change. Uh, yeah. uh, they use We're, credit cards. Yeah. So with the plastic economy, I imagine that must um, provide some extra challenges. Um, I guess... It does and it doesn't because what we have this year new is fillthekettle.com. So you can actually create a kettle in your name and reach out to your family members instead of, you know, um, if you really don't need a gift this year or you're not really looking for something for yourself, say, hey, why don't you make a $20 donation to ke- fillthekettle.com and, uh, instead and kind of tar- um, target your family members and neighbors and, and friends like that. Oh, so instead of standing there for two or three hours, you can uh, do it online. Everything's going online. <laughs> well, we certainly want to be um, approachable and um, 
you know, we really want to give give those uh, messages that, you know, we're online and, and we're current, we're relevant, um, and the Salvation Army isn't going anywhere. So we're really here to help everyone in the community. And, and however um, you want to do that, um, we support that. So if it's online, if it's in person, if it's at the Knights game, at the mall, um, whatever you can do to help is appreciated. So, Jim, when you're manning the kettle, when people don't have that change, you can just remind them about fill the kettle. We, we do that. And uh, as well, you know, lots of people uh, write a check and take it down. Absolutely. And others uh, have given five times before they get to the kettle that we're at. And they usually tell us and acknowledge it. But mm-hmm. there's a great cheer in being able to ring the bell when the money goes into the kettle and let them know that an angel got its wings somewhere. I, I see some kids with their parents, and they love being able to ring that bell. And I think that's a great lesson, too, when you see the children doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Nancy uh, Carr with us as well, and you're with the Center of Hope, which is a little different than than uh, some of the things that uh, Shannon's been talking about. But the Hamper Campaign is, is also on at this time of the year. That's right. Uh, we will be out at the Western Fair District in the Progress Building. We move there December 5th, and we will be distributing – the hampers doing registration and distribution December 12th to the 16th from 8.30 to 3.30 is when people can come in and get their their food hamper and their bag of toys for children that are 12 and under. Nancy, my husband and I help with this each year, and it's actually the highlight of my Christmas season. It's followed closely by cookie making. Are you still looking for volunteers to help? Most of our spots are full already. We have people calling us in August because, like you, Deb, they love to come. And we have a lot of businesses, corporations in the City of London who help us out, and then just single individual people who want to come out. Um, there's still maybe some spots available, but we're, we're pretty much full for our volunteer spots. So what we're doing is filling those those ba- bags of toys for kids of specific ages. So I kind of shop from the donations, and then other people are filling up the boxes of food. But we need some help from the public to be able to have those items to actually put in the in the bags and the boxes. So what can people or uh, donate? What are your suggested items and how do they go about making those donations? The, the greatest need, last year we gave out 6,661 bags of toys. And the greatest need is for infants ages 0 to 2 and for boys and girls ages 8 to 12. Board games, crafts, um, journals, uh, sleepers for babies, little babies' toys. Those are our greatest needs. Of course, we love to get everything, but that is our greatest need. And uh, this year, for the first time, toys can be dropped off at any London fire station after December or after November 14th through to December 12th. Okay, so next week. Yep, as well as White Oaks Mall, Westmount Mall, there are drop-offs there. The Center of Hope, 281 Wellington Street, 24-7 location, as well as our divisional headquarters, Monday to Friday from 9 to 4. Once we're at the district um, or the Western Fair District at uh, December 5th, they can also bring things out to the Progress Building. So is that that's a long list. Is that on your website where people can reference it? Yes, it is. Okay, yes. that's great. And that, can you tell us what that website it's is? Centerofhope.ca. We also have a Facebook page, London Center of Hope, that they can go to as well. Okay, great. Now, there's also something that goes on at the London Knights game that's very popular. That's right. Of course, it's the um, annual teddy bear toss. And this year, it's on a Sunday afternoon, which is great because families are um, always looking for something to do on weekends. And that's an afternoon game, two o'clock puck drop. So um, bring your teddy bears and, of course, dress them in hats and mitts so they keep warm when they hit the ice and that other... Um, 
uh, less fortunate uh, childrens and families can can get those um, for the Christmas season. And the date of that game is? December 4th at 2 o'clock at the Budweiser Gardens. So I'm going to have to see if there's still tickets available. I know it's a really popular game. My first time seeing those teddy bears hit the ice was just awe. It was just amazing. And there are a number of amazing things that the Salvation Army is involved with. Uh, and I imagine you can go on and uh, find out more about the Santa Shuffle and the Hope in the City uh, events that uh, are coming up if they go to your website. That's right, SalvationArmy.ca or direct uh, to buy tickets to, uh, to go to the Hope in the City breakfast, which is November 18th at the Lamplighter Inn on Wellington. That's uh, HopeInTheCityLondon.ca and we hope to see you there. Shannon Wise and uh, Nancy Carr, thanks very much for being with us on Ask BBB. You're welcome. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And when we return, car safety. Welcome back to Ask BBB. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. And we have a special guest with us now, Bob Ward of the Auto Guys in St. Thomas. And Bob is also the Vice President of Automotive Aftermarket Repair Association of our Ontario, our Aero. He's a director of the Board of Directors of the St. Thomas Chamber. He's a director on the Board of Directors of the BBB, and he's also a BBB-accredited business owner. Bob, I have a burning question. How do I know if the used car I bought is safe? Well, Deb, you really don't know until you have a trusted professional look at it. And by that, I mean your technician or your shop that you prefer to deal with. And hopefully that shop is an accredited Uh, business repair shop, both licensed and with the Better Business Bureau registered. These these are the people that will actually look at the car and tell you whether it's a good buy or a bad buy. Okay, so what you're saying then is the certificate that I get that says, you know, it, it meets the requirements isn't necessarily entirely reliable. It's reliable to a very minimum standard, Deb. Um, the uh, outline, the the guidelines set out by the Ministry of Transportation say that these standards are bare, bare minimum standards that have been followed. Now, these standards were just recently updated uh, in July 1st, which is the first update that they've ever done in over 40 years. Wow. So it takes a lot more into um, looking in the car, a lot more uh, criteria that follows it. But that being said um, – it doesn't take into consideration how well the car has been maintained. Maintenance has absolutely nothing to do with a vehicle for a safety inspection. Is there another set of standards then that the Auto Aftermarket Repair Association of Ontario would have uh, to apply to that, Bob? Yes, Jim. Um, the the repair organization that I belong to, um, what they do is, is their focus is um, making sure that your vehicle is dependable and it's not going to be a big money pit for you. And by doing that, they have your best interest at heart. You have to understand that when you're buying a used vehicle, which is new to you, the previous owner is not going to put much money in it when they know they're going to sell it. So you could potentially buy into some problems. And some of these problems are easily spotted by spending money at a trusted repair shop to have them look at it. Well, how much should I expect to pay for a thorough inspection and what are the kind of things that they look for? The inspections vary from location to location and that all depends on the level at which they go into the um, inspection. We are also an accredited CAA repair facility in Ontario and they have their own um, inspections that we follow 
These inspections actually dive into things like reading into the computer to find out if there's any history codes or any problems in the computer that has absolutely nothing to do with a motor vehicle inspection. But this is very critical to you when you're buying a car because you don't want to buy a problem, do you, Deb? No, I've done that once before and it was a major headache. And and you're not alone. So um, time and time again, we've seen repair shops that we belong to in the Arrow we always see that people come in and they buy a car and say, oh, I just bought this car. I want you to have a look at it. Well, that's after the fact. It's far better to spend money beforehand to avoid making a bad business decision. Well, Jim, you were telling me you have a little story about telling someone. Well, in fact, someone uh, that we talked about uh, who was shopping for a used car um, asked if he could do that, take it to another independent mechanic and the a dealer said, uh, oh, no, we, we used to do that, but we don't allow it anymore because uh, we've lost too many deals. <laughs> so he said, well, you've just lost another. Uh, when we look at the, the safety certificate, that's bare minimum, you say. So um, when when we look at those other things, you're looking at how potentially reliable that vehicle is going to be. So from a safety point of view, if if it's issued a safety certificate, we know that it might be good on the road for – a week, two weeks or what. Uh, but then beyond that, you're looking at some other criteria. Uh, what are some of the things that we would would set, uh, set off the, the flags for you? Well, everybody nowadays, Jim, is, is focused on budgets. So it would be a nice thing sometimes we like to buy a little nicer car so you're stretching your budget to accommodate that purchase. However, what you don't want to do is you don't want to buy a car that's going to need a ton of maintenance to become or maintain to be reliable. A lot of people think when you buy a car that's new to you that it's perfect. Well, it's not. And very, very few are like that. So we, uh, an accredited repair shop will set up a time. They will look at it. They'll check the charging system, the belts, the lights to see how well it's been maintained with oil changes, what maintenance has been done on the car and what has not been done on the car. And what that does for you is that sets you up with a plan to build a maintenance platform for this car and to say, Jim, your car is going to need brakes in another two months. That's going to cost you X dollars or it's going to need a serpentine belt or it's going to need a battery. These are things that aren't covered under the safety inspection. But these are things you need to know as a buyer so that you can set your bank budget, your bank account, so that, yes, I can buy this car knowing that you're going to have to spend this money on it. So this inspection you're talking about goes way beyond safety and into the whole economy of that vehicle and whether or not it really is the, the good buy that we think it is. Well, if you, if you think of a, a purchase of a vehicle is your second largest purchase, second only to a house. So you want to protect that investment. So I think the only way to do that is to have a thorough inspection done by an accredited professional. But the things like brakes and uh, windshield wipers and headlights and those things that come to my mind when I first think about safety, those are also inspected, right? Correct. And those are part of the safety inspection. Okay. Well, Bob, thanks very much for, for uh, alerting us to this and and underscoring the fact that uh, when we are going to buy a used vehicle, it's a good idea to make sure that it's uh, inspected into that depth so that we know what we're getting for sure. Absolutely. And when we return on Ask BBB, we'll have some tips on wise giving. Welcome back to Ask BBB. 
Well, Deb, we've just talked to a, a very creditable charity in the Salvation Army and some of the fundraising they'll be doing. It seems at this time of year that there's a lot of fundraising goes on. And so uh, people are challenged to figure out whether this is a charity they want to give to or not. And one that they may have uh, been making donations to, uh, uh, Remembrance Day was just yesterday. Um, they may have been giving to the Poppy Fund. Uh, that pays tribute to military and, and others. What are some of the things we want to consider when it comes to wise giving at this time of year? So one of the things is on-the-spot donation decisions. With the poppy program, that's not such a big deal. You recognize the poppy. You know who they are. You're putting in pocket change. Or with the Salvation Army kettle, same thing. You're putting in pocket change. Um, or maybe even a fiver if you're generous. Um, but when other people approach you and are asking for a credit card or a more significant financial uh, obligation, you should really be cautious because, first of all, you don't know if the you may not recognize the charity. It may sound like a legitimate charity, and it may not be. Or they may just be fraudulently representing that charity. So just because um, the children's hospital is is being represented on the street corner doesn't mean that those funds are actually going to the children's hospital. I had a young man at my door this week that was uh, collecting and and he wanted a payment in advance and wanted my credit card. And I said, I'm sorry, I just, I just don't do that. I have a policy against it. I know that you won't get the credit, but I can donate online. And so that's a little bit disappointing, but sometimes you really got to be cautious and use your head as well as your heart when you give the donation and and not give money on the spot without knowing who it is and not give up your credit card information. Because once somebody has your credit card information, um, they can uh, use it indiscriminately and they can also use it as a way to steal your identity. Another thing to think about is um, uh, donations of clothing and other goods. So um, you may be giving to um, Diabetes or one of the other organizations that collects at the door. You should really want to ask, um, how is that money being, how is those clothing or donation items going to generate money for the organization? And in all of these cases, you'd like to know um, how the money is going to be used. Is it to a purpose that is important to you? Mm-hmm. And is it being uh, used in an, in a prudent and financially responsible manner? Are they efficient? Like for instance, telemarketing is not very efficient unless it's very well run. So you can find out more information about a charity and whether or not it meets BBB's uh, 20 um, evaluation items of a uh, as a charity by going to give.org. And we'll evaluate any Canadian charity who provides us with the information and identify which standards they meet and don't meet. And if they um, meet all of our standards, they can use the BBB charity seal and on all of their marketing materials. So that's one quick way to know that they're a reputable organization. Um, but do a, do a little bit of um, research because otherwise, you might as well just be throwing your money away. And if if that doesn't bother you, if you're just giving a little bit of money and, mm-hmm. and it makes you feel good and not too concerned if the $5 you're giving, then go ahead. But if you're talking about larger dollars or you're really concerned about making a difference, there is a lot of difference between Charity A and Charity B and especially knockoff Charity C. So do your research. And uh, make the BBB part of that uh, research. With – you know, Give.org. Yeah, and you know we we do have a lot of decisions to make when it comes to uh, giving as to who and where. So I think this is a, a tremendous help. 
Well, Deb, uh, last week uh, we talked to the winners of the Business Integrity Award here. but <laughs> we uh, did. Unfortunately, there were still some Halloween gremlins around and that program didn't air at the time that it was scheduled. So we're going to get another chance to listen to the, that show. So it's going to be re-aired in half an hour. So at 11.30, we're going to be um, re-airing the show where we spoke with the winners of the Business Integrity Awards. And those people that um, you'll get to hear talk about their big day is Andrew DeBoer from 1-800-GOT-JUNK, who won the Category 1, which is the 10 and fewer employees, and Joanne Fisher, who is the owner of Hangar 9 by Fisher and Company, and she won the larger category, 11 and more employees. They had some tough competition in representing um, businesses that are examples of outstanding market behavior. So if you hang on for half an hour, you'll get to hear their reactions to their big day. A little bit of time travel. Yes. <laughs> and next week, uh, one week from today, the, uh, the 12th of November, We'll be talking about fireplace safety with George Geeson of Porky's Barbecue and Leisure. And we'll also learn a little bit about uh, Black Friday and what that means to us and, and how the BBB can help. Right. And you can always ask BBB. Visit the website at bbb.org. Uh, people find a lot of answers there. Contact us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram at, at BBB Western Aunt. And if you have questions or guest suggestions, you can tweet us at hashtag AskBBB. We want to say thank you to our program producer, Ashley Castleman, who is BBB Western Ontario's communication director, and the assistant to the producer, Chris Lavoie, who is the BBB operations manager. I'm Jim Swan. And I'm Deb Brady. Till next time, remember. Start with trust.